0: Welcome to another episode of The Adrian Ross Show and I am Adrian Ross. Got a great show for you today. But first, these messages. We'll be right back. Start the new year off right. Start 2024 with Luxel as your search engine. Among other benefits, you get uncensored results, extra privacy, and more control. That's Luxel. L U X X L E. Dot com guardians of liberty in southeast missouri formerly known as we the people meets every tuesday at delmonico's in jackson missouri at five o'clock p.m if you're in the area please come out on january 23rd the topic is what is a caucus and why is this important because missouri is not having a primary for this presidential election we're having a caucus so come out on January 23rd and learn about a caucus. I'll be back later to talk to you more about Guardians of Liberty. I am back. Now you think I mean I'm back because I said I will be back after these messages, but that's not what I mean. I'm actually inserting this portion. I have already recorded the full episode you're watching now, but not long after I recorded that episode, I got the news that Governor Ron DeSantis dropped out of the 2024 race. And so you're going to see why I'm feeling the need to insert this, because you're going to be thinking, don't you know he dropped out? Yes, I know, but he had not dropped out when I recorded the episode. So again, I'm inserting this in. Now, maybe somebody tipped him off and said, you know, um, Adrian, I heard her podcast before anybody else got to hear it. And, uh, and so I think maybe you ought to step aside. No, of course that didn't happen, but I think it's important that you know, that I know that he dropped out, but I'm recording this after the fact. And I just want to say this, this doesn't negate anything that you're going to hear me say. In fact, it solidifies my point, the whole point that I'm making and why this topic we're talking about today is so important. And before we go there, let me say this. Governor Ron DeSantis has no reason to hold his head down. Any other time, any other time, I believe he would be the nominee of the Republican Party. Undoubtedly, the best governor in the country. He is an example of how one should lead, how one should fight, how one should defend an example of of liberty and people are flocking to Florida, did an amazing job. It's just the timing. And at this time, at this time, Donald Trump seems to be the guy and people feel that he has been wronged and that he continues to be wronged. And so they're getting behind Donald Trump. And of course he has the record because he was an amazing president. So it's not that Ron DeSantis isn't worthy of uh, of winning. It's just the time. And I have a feeling that uh, he has a bright future ahead of him. He had to run now because if he had waited, people probably would have forgotten about him. It was his moment to run. It just wasn't his moment to win. All right, so now we can head into today's conversation. So here we go okay you may have noticed that for the second straight week i'm in a different location let me explain it's really really simple okay it is so cold in my office my office is located in my basement and everybody knows we've been going through cold spurts throughout the country and i am no exception here where i am it is so cold and so i've i'm not Been doing any work in in my office. So, so, um, you're I'm back up here where I was for for some time at, at one point when I was after I had had surgery and and just going up and down the stairs was was tough. And I was up here for quite a while and I moved back to the office. But man, I don't know. I hope you guys are finding a way to stay, to stay warm because it is, it is absolutely brutal. And I happened to be recording this on Sunday and I got myself ready to go to church. And what happened? I got to my car and I have a habit of checking my tires. I don't just get in and go. I, I I check the tire, walk all around the other side of the garage. I look. And so I was on that side, but I didn't, for some reason I didn't look. At the tire, so I to, at the tire, so I went. Uh, I had gone back and I was going to get in the car, and I was like, "Oh, I got to check the tires." And I went around and I glanced, and I was like, "Oh!" And so I turned to go, like I'm going to get in the car, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, what, what was it? flat tire? Back passenger flat tire, uh, totally ruined my my day in terms of getting to church." So. um, yeah, it, it just was kind of it was it was a bummer. I actually it's kind of funny because so I called a friend of mine, she's got, you know, she lives, you know, my good friend Christy lives close by and she's got this pump that you plug into the 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 lighter, the cigarette lighter in the uh in the car and so she was like, "I'm not ready though. I'm getting ready. She was getting ready to go to her church." And so she's like, "But I'm going to I'm going to come by." And um, see if we can see if you can um, you know pump that up, etc. Well, in the meantime, I, I thought I was going to try to pump it up with a motor with a um, not a motorcycle with a bicycle pump. Anyway, it, it, none of it worked. That well, might as well change clothes, call AAA, and and they came. And there's a nail in the tire, and so there's a donut on it now, and blah blah blah. But I'm just chilling. So, like I said, this is I'm recording this on on Sunday. And I'm just kind of uh, kind of comfy and, and chilling because I figured, you know what, change your clothes and that's a wrap as far as getting to, to church. So um, having said all that, uh, yeah, we have a, a show today. I want to talk about Donald Trump, former president, of course, of the United States and his Iowa caucus win, I mean, landslide win with 51%. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out of the race, but um, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are hanging in there. And uh, but I want to I want to say this: um, when you're by the time you're watching this, it's either the you know the day of the New Hampshire primary, or you're watching it uh, a day later, you know days or day or a day later then the show comes out, and so uh, you may have those results already. But let's let's just be let's just be real here. Um, I'll just be real. You may disagree with me, but I don't see anyone taking down Donald Trump. Um, not saying that Nikki Haley owes it to anybody to get out, not saying uh, Governor DeSantis owes it to anyone to get out. I'm just saying that I don't foresee anyone defeating Donald Trump. It's early yet, I know. You know, I know that I understand that, but we have seen the polling. And the one thing that Iowa did show is that the polling was pretty, you know, the poll. You know, a lot of people say, well, we don't really know if the polling is accurate. Well, one of the things we can get out of that is that polling seems to be accurate. And all the polling everywhere shows Donald Trump just trouncing people. So, assuming that he's going to continue along those lines again we don't know but it sure looks like it right assuming he's going to continue along those lines it makes sense that people are asking the the question the question and that is who will be his vice presidential running mate who's going to run alongside uh Donald Trump, and i'm I, I know that he was asked that question. Um, he was asked that question recently, and his his answer was he has already chosen that person, and then you know his his uh, people, his aides, et cetera, uh, backtracked on that. but i I'm, I'm inclined to believe he he does know who who that person is. should he win the nomination? But I'm thinking of this again because the other day, the former governor of Alaska, former vice presidential nominee in 2008, Sarah Palin, was on Kimberly Guilfoyle's Rumble show. And knowing, obviously, that Sarah Palin has the experience of being on the campaign trail as the vice presidential nominee, Guilfoyle tapped into that experience and asked her, what should Trump be looking for in a running mate? And uh, Sarah Palin listed several things that she felt were important. Uh, The smell test, you might say. And then I wrote about this on my Substack and uh, it's adrianross.substack.com. And I want to, first of all, play for you a compilation of characteristics that Sarah Palin put out in that interview with Kimberly Guilfoyle. So I want you, this is not the whole interview. This is this is just a pieces that I put together in which she answered the question she was asked about what should Trump look for in, in a running mate. So take a look at this video from that interview, this video I put together from the interview, and then we'll go into what I wrote on my substack about the interview they had. So check this out. Donald Trump is
1: teasing a VP, Bic. Who better to ask about this than yourself? You've been on the campaign trial as a VP nominee. Um, What should President Trump be looking for in a choice, and what skills and experience should he be prioritizing? They are all talking about who will be the VP.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, experience, I believe, is number one. This is an administrative position, and someone who has a- administrative experience, whether in the private sector, but really the public sector also, because government's a whole new ball game, of course, for a lot of people. So experience in uh, how to delegate and how to hire the right people, that's so key in government, too, because, you know, it's the bureaucrats who are screwing things up in this country. It's not just the elected officials. So hiring the right people, you need experience to do that. And I think so important, somebody who's been through the ringer, somebody, we know how this works, Kimberly, right? In media and in politics, you get kind of the Who's hot today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in terms of you know who, who who just said something spectacular or just stumbled into doing something right, and and then you know there's a there's a lot of enthusiasm. That that's the person. That's the person. They're going to be our savior, you know. Um, but uh, it, longevity, experience, mm-hmm. and um, uh, those who, like I say, have been through the ringer. It's like President Trump says. When they've done everything to you that they could possibly try to do to you and your kids and, you know, your family and your record and your reputation, you have nothing to lose but get out there and fight for what is right. Nobody's going to own you. You're not going to own anybody else. You're just there for the people. So somebody who's been through the ring or been through the fire, because you go through the fire, you come out lit and you're ready to go that person must understand that virtue of loyalty which is so rare in politics especially Big time. but someone who realizes oh that that person picked me they chose me they they saw something in me that they knew i could then um, serve the people in in the best manner and it, there is this should be a sense of loyalty genuinely uh to that person who uh, put a lot of trust in you and we have seen even recently those especially turning on President Terrible. Trump left and right. And it just breaks my heart. Me too. I know how that goes too. You know, you put your faith in people and then they, they stab you in the back, you know, because they have their own agenda. So again, experience in this arena is real important too. Then you do understand uh, that virtue of loyalty. But you talk about um, maybe some demographics, some boxes that should perhaps be checked in order to uh find some criteria and find that person to fit the criteria in order to garner more votes on a ticket. That inside baseball stuff, well, normal people, we don't care at all about that kind of stuff because um, we're looking at a bigger picture and not the power plays within the party itself. Uh, But another beauty of President Trump he doesn't have to play by those rules. And also uh, their, their record. It, it certainly matters, of course. I mean, that, that tells you everything that you need to know about the person. And kind of the Johnny-come-latelys who, again, as I suggested, are considered really hot in an arena, say on the news, you know, in, uh, in media circles. Um, if, if they're new to the party, if they're new to this ball game, and all of a sudden have seen the light and realize, oh, trump yeah he is the only one who's going to be able to put america first and and um uh, fulfill the promises that he has made if it's taken them their entire adult life until just recently to realize that i question their judgment hallelujah so glad they've come on board yeah but, uh, i i think a lot of their record as reflected by their principles their values
1: uh the work that they have done previously that's pretty telling also and i remember you know when you um were the VP or were superstar in Alaska, one of the most, you know, powerful and popular. Uh, you had like Princess Diana' popularity being the governor and what you were able to come, uh, you know, accomplish and uh, connection with the people, a real genuine authenticity. I know you worked very hard uh, for McCain and for the ticket, but like when you spoke and gave your speech and the whole thing, it was like, oh boy, because you were so good. I'm, being, I'm just saying this to you that it was a little mm-hmm. bit of like people, oh my God. And I'm sure he and some of his people are worried about it because, you know, outshine the master. But you've got to be who you are. You can't dumb it down. You can't take your skill set and ability and your panache and your charisma and, like, shove it to the side. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that was a very interesting time for you. But you really kept your head straight with it um, and continued to be a team player. I don't know. Is there anyone you like? Give me the uh, Sarah Palin Crystal ball.
2: <laughs> I, I don't have anybody specific in mind but I have a lot of faith that President Trump and he will be a, our person he, he will be presidents again and uh, in his selection process just internally I have a lot of faith that again he's going to put so many things aside that traditionally have been put into a selection process he's
0: just going to do the right thing okay so like I said, this is not, that wasn't the whole thing. I took bits and pieces of it to keep it short. And I, I put that on, on my Substack, and I wrote about the interview. So now I want to go to the, uh, the article I wrote in which I broke down what, uh, Sarah Palin talked to Kimberly Guilfoyle about concerning who this person is, who would be Trump's nominee, the nominee to run alongside Trump. So let's take a listen to the article I wrote on Substack. The article is called Sarah Palin responds to Kimberly Guilfoyle's question. What should president Trump be looking for in a choice for vice president? Take a listen. Sarah Palin responds to Kimberly Guilfoyle's question. What should president Trump be looking for in a choice for vice president? Kimberly Guilfoyle leaned into former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin's experience as a vice presidential nominee when she invited her on her Rumble show on January 15th, asking Palin what former President Donald Trump should look for in a running mate if he wins the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Palin, who energized the late Senator John McCain's campaign in 2008 and in the process made history as the GOP's first female vice presidential nominee listed the characteristics she deems vital for someone running alongside Trump. If polling is to be trusted, Trump's Iowa caucus landslide win was the first of many for him in this primary season. While it's never good to assume victory is sure, it would be a mistake for the former president not to zone in on the person he wants as his number two. For his part, Trump said during a Fox News town hall on January 10th that he has already selected his running mate a statement his team later downplayed. I know who it's going to be, the frontrunner declared, also stating, of course, oh, I can't tell you that, really. Whether he has made the choice already, and I'm inclined to believe he has, or is mulling it over, the topic is on people's minds. And when asked, Palin weighed in with a list of characteristics essential for Trump's VP candidate. The former governor of Alaska, who ran for the U.S. House of Representatives in 2022, highlighted experience as a top priority, particularly, quote, administrative experience, emphasizing that this attribute is necessary even to wisely delegate and hire personnel. The video below is a compilation of Palin's points, and you can play the video. Palin has often spoken about the need for leaders to be able to withstand the darts and arrows that come with the territory. She again pointed this out describing the need for someone who has been tested, who has, quote, been through the ringer. The attacks against candidates, their families, and their records are not new to the former governor. So who better to understand what it means to have already endured the battles to come, especially being paired with Trump, who was the left's main target. The next characteristic she named is longevity. She stated, well, the propensity for the media and politicians to make heroes out of people who have zoomed in with a personality or a performance and all of a sudden they're positioned on a pedestal. Talked about as someone's VP pick. Palin, however, warned against selecting someone, quote, who's hot today, who just said something spectacular. This aligns with her later point that a person's record must be examined. Republicans do seem to gravitate toward those who have jumped on the bandwagon, eager to parade them as the latest party convert. While conceding that some may have suddenly, quote, seen the light, which of course is good, it's vital to exercise good judgment and look hard at what their record reveals about them, Palin stated. A person's record is, quote, telling she added. Checking boxes is a thing among Democrats. They generally have no problem announcing that they're looking to prop up a woman or a black person or whoever is their useful tool during that election cycle. Palin pushed back against that, stating that, quote, normal people know that this is not the way to go. She believes Trump knows not to check boxes, not to fall for that, quote, inside baseball stuff. Is she opposed to his selecting, say, a woman? Of course not. Again, she remains the only Republican woman chosen to run for vice president. She and Guilfoyle both stressed that if it's a woman, let her be selected because she is the most qualified. Palin herself was chosen as someone who had enjoyed an approval rating as governor as high as 93% and who possesses a long list of accomplishments highlighted here. Furthermore, Trump needs to select someone who embodies loyalty, Palin continued, calling the quality, quote, rare, and mentioning that some have stabbed Trump in the back. Guilfoyle, who is a longtime girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr., clearly agreed, expressing hopeful confidence that Trump has a solid circle around him now. No doubt, Palin is included among the Trump loyalists, endorsing him early for his 2016 run for president over others who were deemed more palatable at the time and continuing to support him as he led the country for four years and is vying for four more in the face of election interference, personal attacks, and the threat of prison for politically motivated charges. At the end of the day, the 2008 vice presidential nominee believes the 45th president will, quote, do the right thing in his selection. Let's take a look at some of the names being discussed as possible running mates for Trump. Judge for yourself how they measure up to Palin's list of required characteristics. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, Senator Tim Scott, who ran against Trump for the 2024 nomination, House Republican Conference Chair Representative Elise Stefanik, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was also Trump's press secretary, Representative Byron Donalds, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who has a wide range of experience, including being in Trump's first administration, former Governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, who is currently in the race against Trump and who is not viewed favorably by Trump's camp, businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, who also ran against Trump, defended him constantly on the journey and suspended his campaign after the Iowa caucus. Senator James Vance, Dr. Ben Carson, a candidate for president in 2016, who later became Trump's secretary of housing and urban development. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and Arizona's Carrie Lake, The Republican turned independent, turned Democrat, turned Obama supporter, turned Republican again, who lost her gubernatorial bid in 2022 and is currently running for the U.S. Senate. Other names are being bandied about, but I don't see the need to include them. I already included a name or two that I really don't believe are serious considerations. As I balance in my mind, Palin's common sense list of characteristics for the next vice presidential nominee Many being discussed as Trump's running mates get a check on some things, but a big X on others. I don't know that anyone gets the thumbs up on all. The name not being mentioned is a person who does meet the list in its entirety, and that's Palin herself. Guilfoyle asked her to look into the, quote, Sarah Palin crystal ball and tell her whom she likes as a VP contender. But Palin did not offer a name. Indeed, it is a daunting task to boil down the individual who will have massive responsibilities as vice president and will be next in line to lead the country if the president can no longer do so. Just look at where we are now. President Joe Biden, God bless him, is not up to the task. And Vice President Kamala Harris is, sadly, an embarrassment. Even Democrats don't like her. Absolutely no one wants to see her run in the show. Trump has not yet won the nomination. So if he hasn't yet, there is time for him to decide. But with the New Hampshire primary just days away on Tuesday, a win for him there and or a win in South Carolina will only multiply the number of times we hear the question Kimberly Guilfoyle asked Sarah Palin this week who will be the VP. So let's break down the characteristics she mentioned as necessary for a running mate. All right. And again, Kimberly Guilfoyle was just leaning into the experience that Palin obviously has had on the campaign trail herself. So Uh, The first thing that Palin mentioned was experience. That administrative experience is an absolutely essential attribute if you're going to you know, if you're going to be a VP, you you're you're going to have to know how to delegate wisely. You're going to know have to know how to hire personnel. You need that administrative experience. And in the full interview, you will hear that that Palin points out that it's you know, yes, it can be business experience that's extremely important, but also a, a lot of people do not have the government experience, and and that and that's something that can come in handy. And so she, she highlighted experience, but then she also said something that she, that she says a lot. And that is the person should have been through the ringer. And it's just so sad that we're living in a time where you actually have to say, you know what, the person who, who gets to serve the people, a person who wants to serve the people, they have to have basically been drugged through the mud, you know, or should I say dragged through the mud, but, but. And that's just sad, but it's just true. Because I mean, it's it seems to be true because this is what politics have become. It's it's become a situation where you put yourself out there, and people are going to rake you over the coals. We we saw what happened to Palin herself. We see what's happening to to Donald Trump it's just off the wall. And so not everybody is wired to be able to, to handle that. And so what she's saying is you need people who have been there. Like what? And she says all the time, what else could you do to the person? You know, what else could you do? You've already gone after the family. You've already gone after my record. You've already gone after, you know, whatever it is. And so it's not, you don't like it, but you've been beat up enough that you, you know, you kind of, you've got that thick, tough skin. And so she's saying, whoever Trump, picks has to be someone who is, who has been tested. And I think that's especially important because my goodness, you're going to be the number two for Donald Trump. And we know how attacked he is. We know what the, you know, we just know. It's just like, unlike anything that we've ever seen. And so, so somebody else alongside him, you got to be able to, to, to withstand it. She also mentioned Longevity. And I really appreciated this point because it is so true. Okay. What we do is we pick somebody, the new person. And I say we, I mean they, because I say both parties are a hot mess. But one of the things that I know the GOP does, the Republican party, they love to pick people, you know, somebody who is just this, uh, you know, Johnny come lately um, or as, as uh, Sarah Payton said, someone who's hot today, someone who said something spectacular, and the media will do it too. I've seen it on Fox News. You see, you, you know, when I used to watch Fox News, you see this where they'll find someone and then they'll just prop that person up and they're just like, oh yeah, next thing you know, they're talking about them being the VP and all that. And maybe we will get into that, when, when we get into this list again of uh, people whose names are being tossed out there. And then, of course, um, uh, Palin mentioned the record. The record, record has to be examined. And again, Republicans do kind of you know, gravitate toward somebody who just jumped on the bandwagon and we kind of want to be like, oh, we got a new party convert now. They left this party and they came to that party and, oh, you know, we're all excited about it or whatever. Or they do that with Hollywood stars or whomever. They're just like, oh, listen to what they said, and all of a sudden that person is, you know, and they're talking about them being having some important position. And and Palin is saying, you know what? It's great when people change. I mean, obviously that's what we want. I don't I don't believe in discounting people who have uh, seen the light, so to speak. But you also have to use some judgment as well. There's something, you know, even in the Bible, it talks about when it talks about certain um, positions in the church, bishop or deacons or whatever, it mentions some qualifications. And then, you know, for one of them, it talks about it talks about not a novice because there's something to be said. That doesn't mean that they're not real. It just means that, you know, sometimes you just have to allow people to you just got to watch. And allow people to grow and develop. And you gotta see their character, you gotta see their record. And if their record just record just all of a sudden changed, you know, well, maybe you just not wanna prop them up so much, but it happens, unfortunately. And she then pointed out that. Donald Trump does not have to check any boxes. The Democrats love to do that. You just heard about, you just heard me, uh, what I wrote about that. They loved, oh, you know, we gotta, it's gotta be a woman, you know, or it's gotta be a black person or, you know, the Democrats, or it's gotta be LGBTQ or, you know, and they're, they're all this stuff about checking boxes. And, and, and like, and like Sarah and Kimberly said, People who are qualified, yeah, we're we're not opposed to a woman. We're not opposed to Hispanic. We're not opposed to, obviously you can just look at the party. It's quite diverse. We're not opposed to that, but when you just prop someone up because of that, or or you say you're going to, that's just, that's a whole lot of pressure even for that person. And I think it's disrespectful. Like I want to know that I've been chosen because, because I bring something significant to the table. And Democrats very often don't like to do that. And so she's saying, listen, Donald Trump, he doesn't need to fall for that inside baseball stuff, you know, to quote her, you know, um, we don't, you don't have to check boxes. You want the most qualified person for the job. And because the country is in such a, such a mess, yes, we want the most qualified person. And one of the things I don't like about that, oh, I'm just going to pick a woman. I'm going to, there's always that hanging over their head. In fact, I hear people say that a lot. There's all diversity higher, diversity higher. And sometimes I'm like, and I'm hearing that from conservatives about people on the left. Oh, that's a diversity higher. And I'm thinking, well, just because they're black doesn't mean that that's a a diversity uh, higher. You know, I mean, but, but that it, it puts that stigma on them, and that's that's just not that's just not cool, you know, either. So she's saying he doesn't need to do that. And then she mentioned loyalty. how important it is. Yes, Trump has been stabbed in the back, as she has pointed out, as she pointed out in the interview with Kimberly, even. um yeah, he's been stabbed in the back and and you know, maybe he picked some people who weren't really the best people, and so there there's some of that. I'm sure he's learned the hard lessons. From which Palin mentions later in that interview as well. But you need someone who's going to be loyal, you know, and we know how Trump is. He can't stand disloyalty. In fact, he calls some things disloyalty that I don't necessarily think are just, you know, what qualifies as loyalty, but he's got that mindset about, about what loyalty actually is but yeah he needs someone who's going to be loyal and Palin had said at the end of the day basically she believes he'll make he'll he'll make the right thing now say, make the right decision now here are some of the names uh, you heard me read off some of the names Christy Nome Tim Scott uh Elise Stefanik um Huckabee Sanders Sarah Huckabee Sanders Byron uh uh, D- uh Donald representative Byron Donald's former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo Nikki Haley, um, Vivek Ramaswamy, J.D. Vance, Dr. Ben Carson, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Carrie Lake, and there were things names that I didn't put on here that people are talking about. Tucker Carlson, for example. Um, here, here's here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to think about it. We just we just went through Palin's smell test, really, for as they say, for the VP. You know, the experience, the loyalty, the record, you know, not being being qualified and not just being one who's, you know, because being in there because you 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 checked off you, you know, fit the criteria to check off the box, you know. Um, the the stuff, the stuff like that that she's that she's talking about. I mean, do these people fit the bill? I mean, like all of them. As I mentioned in my article, <laughs> you know. Some of them fit some and not others, but I don't know that there's anybody on that on that list that I had or even other names that are being put out there who fit all of it. And so what do you think? Like, who would you pick to be, if Trump were the nominee, who would you pick to g- walk alongside him to be his vice presidential running mate? Like, I'll just look at this, I'll say Dr. Ben Carson. He is beloved. He was in the Trump administration, but I, you know, I look at a VP doing something that Sarah Palin did for John McCain, and that is she came in, she energized things, and we love Dr. Ben Carson, but he ain't energizing anything. You know, I mean, I mean, he's he's just not. We need that. No people are like, oh, there's more to that. Than that, I Yeah, there's more to, to being in government than being exciting and all that. But on the campaign trail, you need somebody that's not gonna put people to sleep, put people to sleep. And Dr. Ben Carson, wonderful, a wonderful man, a doctor, husband, all that, uh, has a servant's heart, it appears, but I, I don't see him as a, a VP alongside Trump. I just don't, you might disagree. And then you got some people, and I, I'm gonna refrain from calling out some names here, but there are some people on the list I wouldn't pick because to me they're auditioning for it already. You know, they're already auditioning. And some of them are these Johnny come lately that Sarah Palin mentioned. Some people are just kind of, just kind of came on in and they're just out there making headlines for themselves and they're just angry people, some of them. And, and it's just like, I I just question some of their motives I feel like some, not saying that they don't truly support Trump. I'm not saying that they're not really conservatives. I'm saying that for some, I don't really know because they were Johnny come lately. And number two, some of them just seem, as we would say, thirsty. They look like they're, whatever they're posting, whatever media stuff they get, whatever they're writing, what they're doing in their offices, it just seems that some of them are auditioning really, really hard for the position. There's nothing wrong with wanting to put yourself out there. Hey, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there too if I'm looking for a position, etc. cetera. Don't have a problem with that, but I just, some of them just make me feel uncomfortable. Is that wrong? I mean, sometimes you just got a feeling and you don't have much more to say. And sometimes your feelings are wrong, but there are some people, I'm just asking you to take a look. Who do you think? And then Tucker Carlson. I know Trump loves Tucker. Tucker seems to love Trump. I just can't envision Tucker Carlson. I don't even know that he's interested in that, but I just, I can't picture him in a system that to a certain extent, when you're running along someone else, you've got to comply with certain things. And, and, and Tucker is, I don't see him doing that. He's just kind of, you know, Sarah Palin wrote the book going rogue. She knows about going rogue. Well, Tucker Carlson is probably, I mean, we saw what happened at Fox. I don't know that I could see him kind of um, dealing with the ins and outs of campaign stuff. Much of it probably what we would call nonsense, you know. So for that, I think Tucker probably is good to do what he's doing now. I don't know if I, if he wants to be in that arena, but, you know, I could be wrong. I just want to read here my... Uh, my description of Carrie Lake. And I know uh, people who are listening probably absolutely love Carrie Lake, but I just thought it was kind of funny because I didn't say anything that's not true as far as I know. But when I highlighted Carrie Lake, I said Arizona's Carrie Lake, the Republican turned independent, turned Democrat, turned Obama supporter, turned Republican again. And then I went on to, to mention a um, uh, gubernatorial bid in 2022 and her current run for the U.S. Senate. I just kind of found that funny because it did kind of remind me of um, when I'm looking at the smell test, when I'm kind of weighing these these names that are out there with the way Sarah Palin described what, what Trump, what would be good for Trump, not trying to tell him what to do, but just from her experience. And, uh, and I just thought about Carrie Lake and I was just like, man, I'm getting seasick just thinking about all the, the, the up and down, the up and down and everywhere that she's been. But anyway, so um, that probably would not be uh, the choice that I would pick. Nikki Haley, that's not happening. Uh, we know that's not happening. And uh, Tim Scott, another a great another great guy, and he suspended his campaign some time ago. But uh, along the same lines as Dr. Ben Carson, I just don't I don't see t- uh, Senator Scott as being the the fireball that you that I think uh, you need, but. Even having said that, one might say you you with Trump, he's fireball enough. One might say you kind of need to balance it, like with Palin and McCain. McCain, you know, she came along and she really um with her own personality and her and the the way that she could deliver speech and her story and her record, and then being able to articulate that in the way that she did, everybody got everybody's like, oh my goodness, I didn't even vote for McCain, I voted for her. And um, and but you know, Trump is a whole lot of that himself. So maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe. And I'm inviting your conversation because, you know, with the primaries, we're, I think people are going to be bowing out of this race. And in the, I think Trump is the obvious nominee and I, you know, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm thinking, expecting. And so uh, as we enter this time, it'd be kind of interesting to hear from you guys what you think. So if you're watching on YouTube, you know, please do leave a comment. Would, who do you recommend, whether from that list or maybe someone who's not being mentioned, you know? Um, you might want to throw that, that name out in the comments. Love to love to do to, to read that. And also make sure while you're while you're watching that you subscribe and that you that you share with other people. And uh, so you can leave a comment there if you're watching on my sub stack, leave a comment there. Um, but and you can email adrianrosscom at gmail.com. So how when you think about that that smell test, and I think that's a that's a really good list that uh that Palin put out there uh in terms of the characteristics that are needed for someone having such an important you know role. Um what do you think? Who passes the smell test uh, smell test? Some have believed that Vivek Ramaswamy was auditioning uh for uh for VP the whole time. I don't know if that's true or not, but he's certainly been a Trump defender and taken some hard stands and they had a little bit of friction recently, but you know, not really anything worth spending any time on. But what do you think about, about, about him? Um, just kind of curious. Like I said, when I look at this list and some others, I see that some definitely get a, a big check Mark for some of it, but some get an, you know, they get an X on others. And honestly, Honestly, the only person who te- so who seems to fit that whole important list to me is someone whose name is not being mentioned at all. As you as you heard from my article, and that's Sarah Palin herself. And that's kind of surprising because she was uh, uh, among the first to endorse Trump's first run for president, and um, and so and she's been loyal. She obviously has the uh, if you don't know her record, and you you know. Go to that Substack article and check it out because I linked to a list of her accomplishments there. And that was why she was chosen. The approval rating was absolutely um amazing, up to um as much as 93% in Alaska, huge popularity. And then, of course, she went through the ringer and uh, with um when she went from the governor of Alaska and all the and all the other things that she had done in Alaska. Um, and again, you can look at the list yourself, I'm not gonna go through all that, but. What I'm saying is that she's been through the ringer she she had the loyalty she has uh, the experience um, in the you know, running a business as well as being in government. and um, and so it just I find it kind of interesting that no one has mentioned, at least I haven't heard her name being mentioned in in the mix. And um, you know, it's kind of kind of interesting because I feel like she's the person uh, who does fit all those important qualities. That we needed a VP. Whoever Donald Trump picks, though, um, it's got to be better than what we have. At least I hope so, because look at what we have. Um, God bless Joe Biden, but President Biden is just not up for the job. And, you know, it is what it is. And then he picked Kamala Harris, and no one wants anything to happen to him where she's got to step in. I mean, like I said in the article, even her party uh, doesn't like her. So, Uh, Let me hear from you. Who would you select as Donald Trump's running mate if he wins the 2024 Republican presidential nomination? And I believe he will win it. Who should run alongside him? And if you want to throw a little bit more in there, then, you know, answer this question. Why? Why that person? And maybe why not another person or even the thought about Palin? Does she fit her smell test? I think she does. Um, but do you? Why? Why not? Let's have a conversation about it. All right. So so like I said, I, I thought this would be a good uh, episode because with the primaries in full swing, it's going to be interesting. And I think things are going to turn around rather rather quickly here. And I'd like to know who's going to be alongside Trump. He said he knows. As Camp then tried to downplay it. Can't imagine at this point he he doesn't know. But We'll find out soon enough, I imagine. Should he win? All right. So um stay hanging there for a moment while I um while I share this message with you, of course, from Guardians, Guardians of Liberty, and then I'll come back and close things out. Remember, you are invited to come out and check out Guardians of Liberty in Southeast Missouri guardians of liberty shall engage educate and empower citizens in order to preserve the blessings of liberty as secured by the missouri and united states constitutions and other founding documents guardians of liberty and remember to come out on january 23rd to learn about a caucus and looking ahead to january 30th The guest will be L. Douglas Hogan, a United States Marine Corps veteran and author he will be discussing surviving martial law. All right. Well, that does it for us. This is just a reminder. I, I need your support. I need you to leave a rating and a review wherever they may be left on podcast platforms. I need you to subscribe and like and share and bust the algorithm and all those things I keep asking every week and nobody will do. I don't know why. You tell me you love the show. You tell me you appreciate it. You tell me you're in my corner and then you won't even hit Give me a five star rating. All right. Come on, people. Let's do this thing. All right. There's a message to get out. I'm a part of that message. I'm a part of the messengers so I could use your support. All right. Go to my sub stack, adrianross.substack.com and subscribe there as well. And go to the BMG network and check out the other podcasters on the BMG network. That is the BMG Network.com. Calm. So thank you so very much. And just as a flashback really quickly, I spent the last two weeks dealing um, with the topic of being Christian, single, and a woman, Christian, single women. And uh, if you missed that, make sure you check it out. Last week, I stepped away from being the moderator. I had my friend Kia Cordo, who is married I had her lead the discussion and I became a part of the panel. And the week before that, I was on that topic as well. Love talking about relationships. So this is just my plug for you to go back and check those out. All right, I'm done. And I will catch you next time on the Adrian Ross show. God bless you abundantly.